And because of that shooting, coming up next segment, this is the last bit of the news part, the hard news part. But I think it's something that everyone should pay attention to. Alan Baris, he's the author of Survive a Shooting. Big-time military background, an expert in all kinds of this stuff. He's like a fifth-degree black belt. And it talks about mass shootings, and mass shootings are on our mind right now. And they, you know, they were up at the newspaper up near Indianapolis, and they've been all over the place. And he talks about, and he wrote a book on how to actually survive like a workplace shooting. And workplaces, by the way, are having those drills all the time, all the time now. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Alan Baris about how to survive a shooting when we come back. Welcome back to News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. I'm Brett Jensen, filling in for Mr. John Hancock today and tomorrow. Telephone number 704-570-1110. All right, so with the shooting that happened yesterday down in Florence, and it was a mass shooting, six are wounded, one is killed. It wasn't a shooting spree, per se, like someone walking into a building or anything like that, but it was still a mass shooting, but it was not in a confined area. It was out in the open space. He's barricaded in his house uh, trying to shoot the sheriff's deputies who are coming in after him. So I thought it would be um, a good time to bring in Alan Baris. And Alan is the author of Survive a Shooting. And Alan, first of all, thanks for joining us. But the, the reason I wanted to have you on was because I know you've written a book about this and you've got, you know, military background and you've got the fifth degree, uh, I believe it's fifth degree black belt and karate and all that. I mean, obviously a lot of stuff in the background, but you now hear, and I know that they talked about this when the new, when the shooting happened at the Annapolis newspaper, they knew what to do. Some of them anyway, how to react because they were having drills on what to do in case of a shooter comes into their building. How prevalent is that now? How often are companies actually holding shooting drills inside their offices now? More and more are. And some of the drills are good and some are bad, depending on what kind of drills they're doing, who's conducting it, who's doing the training, and so forth. So give me some examples of what's good and what's bad. Well, what's good is when you're teaching people how to respond and giving them the tools to respond. What's bad is some of the things I've seen where people go in there, sometimes it's law enforcement, other trainers, and they just scare people. Uh, And scare people meaning in what sense? Going in and shooting blanks and saying, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You know, I've seen one in Oregon where they did that, and it just sort of terrified the teachers in the school system. Where the trainings I've done, teachers have responded, that is so empowering. Because I'm sorry, go ahead. Even teaching people what to do and giving the tools to do it and empowering them to do so. So, uh, Casey, like I said, I want to let you guys understand that Alan here is a certified active shooter response instructor. He's also a fifth degree black belt, and he's a former U.S. Army sniper instructor. I mean, that's a, and my dad was actually a sniper in the Vietnam War. So there you go. Um, all right. So, all that being said, so let's talk about some of the shooting things. Um, a gunman walks in through the front door of an office building. It doesn't matter what type it is, you know, whether it's a former employee or a current employee or just a stranger off the street, and he brandishes a gun. He pulls out a gun. Uh, maybe it's an assault rifle, maybe it's a handgun. 
what I mean, I, and I know we're being, you know, we can't get into great, great specifics because we're limited for time. But generally, what what goes on from there? What what should people start looking for, looking to do? What goes on? A person walks in, all of a sudden, everyone realizes there's someone with a with a gun, be it a rifle or a handgun, staring at you. You have three options, and three options only. And which one you pick will be determined by your proximity to the shooter and other factors. You escape the kill zone. You deny the person access to you by getting behind something that's bulletproof or barricading outside of the room. Or you attack back and take the guy out. So I know a lot of times, you know, we see in the movies, and movies are movies for a reason, but... You think to yourself, maybe it could be like something like Flight United 93, where a bunch of people rushed the cockpit and took them down as a team, and why the, that's why the plane crashed. But do you ever recommend that, like, you know, there's a group of people, like, let's five of them go after him because he can't shoot all five of us? I mean, is that ever a mentality? Is that ever an option? Or, like you said, you know, like, it's, it's run for your life or, or, you know, go the other measures that you suggested? If there's nowhere to escape to or you can't deny, yes, that attacking back is the best chance. And, yes, somebody might be hurt or killed, but look at the Orlando nightclub. There's no reason that one person should be able to kill 50 people inside that building. And I guarantee if those 50 people had gone through a training that I conduct or some of the others that are conducted, not as many would have died. Talking with Alan Baris, the author of... Survive a shooting, and you can go to survivorshooting.com. If you go there now and type in WBT in the little uh, promo section, you'll actually get a discount on his book in case you'd like to figure out what to do for your own self or in case you're in management and you're thinking about, hey, maybe this is something we need to do. And, it, and the sad part is, Alan, that we're actually having to talk to you about this. It is. I would go back to teaching communication and negotiation and playing lawyer, which I used to do, if this wasn't so important to get out to people. All right. So is it a lot of times pretty much escape by any means necessary, meaning jumping out windows, doing whatever it is you've got to do to get out of sight of the, uh, of the shooter? Because I mean, how many times have we heard also people hiding under their desk, like the ones up in Annapolis, and they were walking around, just walking around to the front of the desk and shooting the people who are trying to hide under their desk. I, I, I just don't know. I don't. No one knows what they'll do until they're put in that situation unless you've been heavily trained. But for me personally, I can't imagine me trying to hide under my desk. I would try to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible just because I know people who usually stay under their desk sometimes get shot. Exactly. Hiding and hoping is not a plan. If you saw the movie 1517 to Paris, directed by Clint Eastwood, which is based on true facts, there was a scene in that movie where the instructor was telling everybody to hide under the desk and the one guy jumped up and stood beside the door with a pin, ready to take out the guy if he came through the door, he was the only one that did what was right, because that was the only chance you have. Hiding under a desk is not a strategy for survival. Alan, we really do appreciate this. And again, tell, tell people about your website and about your book real quick. Surviveashooting.com. You can go there and you can order an autographed copy. Make sure you put WBT in the coupon code and you'll get 20% off just because of appreciate you having me on the radio show. Alan, thank you so very much for your time, buddy. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Brett.